beautiful game we had tonight, and I'm here as always with two guests. I have Mr. Nick Hudson and Mr. Cody Men- uh, How do you say your last name there? Del Mendo. Del Mendo. See, I had it. I knew that. But <laughs> as I said, I am Pat Sajacking tonight. Ron is out on a bender. So I had to uh, fill in real quick just to uh, get the game tonight. Obviously, the Cubs lost 7-2-3, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Not yeah. that we're really paying attention to score, um, but... Seven to three, they lost tonight. Uh, as always, this podcast is presented by Untap Sports. Um, let's start with Cody. Cody, uh, what did you think about tonight? Any initial thoughts on the game? Things you saw, good or bad, whatever, just off the cuff. What'd you think? Uh, well, I think it was kind of like in uh, football or basketball, it was a tale of two halves. If- First five innings were pretty good. The last five innings kind of sucked. Like, yeah. I mean, Kyle Hendricks looked pretty good. He looked like a guy you'd want to throw out there in the opening day starter. I mean, uh, outside of the three runs he gave up later on, whatever. I mean, you can't – whatever. I've, it's an exhibition game. I don't know. But he looked pretty good. He, he made some of the White Sox best hitters look pretty bad uh, in some parts from some of the highlights I saw. Uh, on Twitter because I missed the first half of the game, but unfortunately I mi- I saw all the bad parts. Um, <laughs> you know I didn't see the six run inning from the White Sox, but you know just watching the Cubs offense when I turned the game on was uh, <laughs> non-existent. Like, yeah, it looked like <laughs> watching the Cubs play in April and we're in like late July almost. I mean that was I, the offense is really what made me I guess. Upset more so than the pitching because Jarrell Cotton, he was a fringe guy anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I had some optimism for him because the Cubs have all have always kind of. I don't want to wouldn't say they're elite at it, but they've done well in the past at bringing guys who didn't succeed in other places and and bringing them in and they find a role. Uh, Jake Arrieta being the most prominent one, but. Uh, I mean, I didn't even know what role Jarrell Cotton was going to play with the Cubs this year, uh, whether it was – I assume it would have been a reliever because their, their bullpen, as we all know, is is, is, is garbage. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I uh, – you know, Hendricks did good, but I assume he was on a pitch count. I don't even know what his pitch count was when he came out. I kept trying to find it. Couldn't find that stat anywhere, but uh, whatever it was, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, it was – it was weird seeing no fans in the stands. Of course, uh, the crowd noise the Cubs were playing, I thought was a little weird. Uh, and because I'm not having marquee because I have Comcast, I had to watch the White Sox broadcast. And uh, I was just glad I didn't have to listen to Hawk Harrelson uh, yell and <laughs> rave and tell me about how Todd Frazier is better than Chris Bryant. Uh, so scale or, one to ten on that White Sox broadcast. Uh, uh, what was it? I would I would have it high because I like Jason Benetti and Steve Stone. So uh, okay. Like I, 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 would I rather listen to Lynn and JD? Yeah, sure. Uh, of course, that's who I grew up with, and and I, I, you know, we're gonna get into it here in a little bit, but uh, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. I was, I uh, didn't want to pull up Reddit streams and and deal with my lagging internet at the time, so I just turned it on on my TV and watch the watch them on the White Sox broadcast. So, uh. You know, for six games, unless they get this uh, marquee dump, the marquee thing done with Comcast as soon as possible. I mean, at least I'll be able to watch the Cubs on my te- television for six games. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm kind of going off on a rabbit hole here, but 
They love the rabbit holes, though, buddy. <laughs> yeah, <true. laughs> but yeah, just a tough, just a tough up on it, real quick. As you mentioned, uh, we did see a report on Twitter that maybe this week Comcast and Marquee Sports Network would come to a deal. So that's kind of what we were hinting at with when we were talking here, and Cody's making his point about how he had to watch the uh, the Sox broadcast today. But yeah, keep going, buddy. Yeah, um, like a. a I don't got much else to say really about the game itself. Uh, I guess if there's anything that stuck out from what I saw is Albert Almore still can't hit. So that sucks. Um, yeah. Ian, I, I saw a highlight of Ian Happ trying to track a ball out in center field and he took a bad route. It looked like, I don't know if he would have caught it cause it went into the, to the Ivy anyway, but I don't know, man. Obviously, the Cubs got questions at second base and, and center field. At least they, you know, looked good at second base and I with Kipnis hitting the home run. You know, it's exhibition. And I'm not going to – even though I'm going to be pretty pessimistic this year, I – you know, it – obviously, the White Sox are going to be a solid team. They're going to be and, – and if they're not as good as what, you know, a lot of Sox fans think, they're at least going to be very, very competitive compared to previous seasons. Um I think they got a good squad over there, and that. But the thing, like I said, that really just kind of scared me or just annoyed me, if anything, was just the fact that the offense didn't do anything, and the White Sox really didn't throw out any of their best pitchers. I mean, I didn't even know who the hell their starter was tonight. I I saw Anderson. I was like, who? Brad Anderson? Like, no, he's not on the <laughs> team. Like, I I had no idea who he was. So it's like, why why can't we hit a why is 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 that guy the new Ivan Nova? I mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't even think I think he's a Triple A guy to be honest. Just another arm that they threw exactly. out. But Nick, Nick, what's your uh, initial reaction on tonight's game? I know that we were talking earlier. White Sox or Cubs Twitter already is losing it. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're one exhibition game in here, and everybody wants that. They some people are saying the Cubs are going to win twenty two games this year already. So uh, let's uh, let's dive in. I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so it was good to have baseball back. I mean, first, I mean, I didn't think it was going to happen this season. So being able to watch a game was nice. As you mentioned, Cody, it was weird. I got a weird vibe from the whole thing. It was actually a weird thing watching them, like, pan over the guys. And usually you see them chewing and spitting. And there was none of that because they can't spit. And that just, I caught that right away. I was like, that's weird. Um, Hendricks looked good to me. I liked he looked – his finesse was there, so that's what you want out of him. He – I like that he's working that high fastball a little bit more too. I think I've always been a believer in that for him. If he could just get that up there and get get enough velocity on it, his change-up's just too good for them to be, you know, sitting on something. So I like that. I was really happy with Contreras for a couple reasons. His arm, obviously, is great. And then um, he just hustles. Like, even in an exhibition game, I like passion. That's how I like my teams to play. That's why I really enjoy this Cubs team because I think they're full of a lot of passionate guys who like the sport, and they're not all, you know, just hot dogs and they're in it for the money. I think a lot of them like baseball, which is really cool. And Contreras is definitely one of them. A little dribbler in an exhibition game, he's busting his Mm -hmm. butt down the line. So I like that, and... uh, Cotton was a question mark to begin with. So, I mean, you could just 
I, I don't know. I was just, just ship them to South Bend already. Is that is that what we're kind of is that <laughs> the consensus yeah. on I mean, today's podcast? That's right. I would rather see them bring Braylon Marquez over and let him go through struggles because at least there's high end like potential there. Yeah. Uh, while Jer- Jarrell Cotton's kind of I wouldn't say he's been around the league or anything, but like he's had a lot of chances to prove that he can be something at the major league level. Yeah, and he just said. I mean, if the Cubs had 162 games to play here, sure, I wouldn't be saying send him back to South Bend right now. But I would be saying, you know, the next time he comes in would be, you know, low leverage. Uh, you know, I, I like up ten, down ten runs moment, like for him. Yeah. And with the se- the way the season set up with 60 games and every game, you know, each win is like worth two or three games or whatever the analytical nerds are saying, uh, you know, he's got to be able, they, the Cubs can't afford to throw these projects out there and, 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 and let them, you know, figure their shit out. Like, you know, I don't know. They, they didn't really out after Hendricks, they didn't really put anyone out there that I was like, Oh, we're going to see this guy a lot. I mean, Rex brothers. I mean, I feel like he's been on the Cubs like two or three different times now. I, I, I'm not a fan of Rex Brothers at all. I've had a couple of games where he blew it, and I just totally was not even a fan of him. That's just how it is with bullpen guys. Yeah, like them because they're good, or they or they blow the game, and that's that's what comes with the territory. Um, You know, Rowan Wick came out there later in the game when the game was out of reach. I mean, I like I've been a fan of him. I'm, you know, he's I see him as a seven or eighth inning guy for sure. but yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, this, this bullpen is really going to be the make or break for this Cubs team because I think they got the offense. I think they got enough starting pitching, especially in a season of sixty games. But this bullpen is just so up in question. Outside of you know, I mean, even Craig Kimbrell has some questions because you know he's coming off a year like probably his worst season, it was most bizarre, like weird season for him since he didn't even. St- start pitching until like what June or July last year. So who knows what this will do to him, but I don't know. It's I'm just, I was just glad that we got to actually watch a game and like have feelings. And it was and it wasn't a game that was played like 10 years ago. And like we had Cubs legend, freaking Moises Alou out there hitting dongs after peeing on his hands. It was, you know, just freaking an actual game in reality. Like, it was just nice to see something like that. <laughs> yeah, and I agree. I think both of you guys made a lot of good points. I, I thought Kyle Hendricks was great. I thought, you know, to build off of your point, Nick, that Wilson's Wilson Contreras, I said this in the chat, his pitch framing was – I think that's the first domino that we're seeing from David Ross. I know for a fact that he was working really closely with Rossi on the offseason just to get that, that fluidity in framing pitches. I thought that that was something that he showed – some improvement. There was still some work, some work to be done on that. There were some called strikes that I thought he could have got if they were framed better. But still, I mean, when the, when you have a guy like Kyle Hendricks out there and you're able to get that low strike more and more often, it's it's going to make him that more dangerous. And he got that tonight a lot of times. Um, I thought to build on Kyle Hendricks, that was the best curveball I've seen out of Kyle Hendricks in a long time. You know, Kyle's kind of worked the fastball changeup splitter. It's been kind of his three main, but and the curveball's always been the let's get this over a lot of you know first time through just to yeah. get me over curve to get ahead of the hitter. But that was almost like a put away curve that we saw. So if he's adding that into his arsenal, 
man, you're, you're looking at a season. He could really, really have a solid season. Um, I was lucky to have watched the game on marquee. The only guy on this uh, this panel who was able to do that via MLB TV, and I live in Grand Rapids, so I'm out of market, so I don't get screwed on the whole blackout thing. That the what's first of all, Major League Baseball needs to stop doing that. If I pay 147 dollars yeah. oh, yeah. for it, I should be able to watch it no matter That's where. It's a at. whole podcast you could. Read. So yeah. we can do. Oh, we won't dive down that rabbit hole because we can sit <laughs> here for four hours. But um, <laughs> let me say that I, I like Marquee. I think that it's a cool broadcast i think that they do a good job under the circumstances of what's going on obviously it's it's harder for no fans no interaction to keep people interested because let's face it it's just pure baseball right now Mm. but they they cut to i know on twitter this the picture of the attendance game that usually they usually play right um where it had like forty thousand, thirty nine thousand, then 513 which ended up being how many people were in the park uh tonight or 100, mm. it might have been 150 to be honest. At that point, mm. I don't know. I, it's on Twitter, but um, I thought that obviously Len and JD behind there, they have a great broadcasting crew. Couple, couple things to work on. There was a double uh, sound echo sound when the ball was hit or it hit the mitt. That was something that was kind of you know in the beginning was something to adjust to. But I don't know if that's the fact that there's no fans and there's just that's all the sound that we have. Mm. You know, it's kind of odd to. What's you guys? What's your take on the like crowd noise there? I was gonna ask you guys that. It was weird for me. Yeah, it was weird for me. I I didn't like hearing that, and then not seeing all the crowd with their hands in the air. I was like, this is just it's pushing it. You know, know, this is why I think one Casper and JD are so good at at the game. They actually touched on the crowd noise, and they they had said that it was odd. But they had said that they think that the MLB had a lot of these teams or all these teams instituted because of strategy. That with it so quiet, you know, fans or players talking back and forth to each other, it would be easier for other teams to steal signs. And obviously coming mm. out of that oh, uh, Astros, Astros scandal, that's something that MLB was trying to cover up on. So, I mean, while it's odd for us to sit there, I do hope that that was maybe some of the thought process because it does make sense to – you know, kind of drown out some of the actual talk. Cause I honestly, you could hear that. And then Len had talked about some of the obscenities, you know, that, I mean, you would be easily to hear, you know, somebody dropping the F-bomb or, you know, somebody, you know, taunting another player pretty easily with no fans around there. So that was what they touched on with that. Yeah. No, but, yeah, no, I think there's, we touched on a lot of good things already. Um, mm-hmm. I do want to ask you guys, uh, I wanted to touch on Nico Horner, and, and obviously you guys both got to see him tonight um, play the whole game, actually. Uh, got mm-hmm. a lot of bats. We got to see him out there. What was your thoughts on Nico tonight? I I personally thought that he had a really solid game. <laughs> well, uh, so I, I missed the first half of the game, like I said. Uh, the only bat that I remember seeing him, he struck out, so I don't really got much to say on him. Uh, so how many, what did he go for? He went one for three, but – he had a really nice sack fly at bat where he, he ended up taking a pitch on the outside corner, just getting the ball in the air. And it was actually he jumped on the first ball that he saw something okay. up in the zone just to uh, get an RBI and a scored run. Yeah. And uh, I believe he had a nice solid single through the infield as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, so. No, I mean, just from what you're telling me, I can just tell you that it's a you know, good sign because like I said, you know, second base and center field, biggest questions for the Cubs. Um, 
you know, if he played the entire game, I mean, he's probably in, you know, I don't, I can't read David Ross's head, but maybe still, I wouldn't say battling for a, you know, a starting spot, but for more playing time than, than many people might be thinking. Many people might think he's going to be the starting second baseman on, on Thursday. I, I, who knows, but no, I, uh, I've, I've been high on him for a while. It's just kind of, I, the only thing I've been worried about is, you know, when he got called up, he had only made it to what, like double A, single A. Like I, I didn't even know it was. It was like an emergency call up. He played two weeks and the injury, yeah, last yeah. year. And he and you know, like I said, emergency call up. So it'll be interesting how pitchers adjust to him and if he can adjust with that. Um, so that's why I'm kind of pro Jason Kipnis starting the season, uh, but. I am also, you know, willing to watch the matchup with it. If he got a hard throw and lefty coming in, yeah, let's throw Horner out there and at second base. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, that's good. That's a good confidence booster for him. I think for young players like that, confidence is everything. Uh, to just get that feel going, get that, you know, that blood flowing to and, and feeling confident in yourself to to go out there and perform and, and do what you know what you can do. And when you're you know, battling for a spot like he is, I, I think anything that is positive, like those things you mentioned, the single and sack fly, it's, you know, it, in the long run, it, it, it shows more. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, when Nico Horner's hitting well, he's really good at his small game, and I've always loved his approach at the plate. Uh, tonight, I saw that. He had a good approach. I think I saw what you saw, Juice. I, I think he had a really good night as well um i'd like to see jason kipnis start the season though um for a couple reasons one i like the story i like the hometown guy i think he's got a fire lit under him to perform so you know take it take a guy in the minors who definitely does also have a fire but jason kipnis needs to do something he's not a young guy that can bounce back this is his year and i think that he knows that. I think he's put in a lot of work, a lot of training, and uh, I hope that he goes out there and has a really good season because I, I've always enjoyed him, even when he was with Cleveland. So it's good to see. But I hope Horner uh, gets more playing time, though. I think that he deserves it. I'd hate to see him miss playing time because of it. I want to see him develop because Jason Kipnis is not the final answer mm-hmm. for the Cubs. So... For right now, I think Jason Kipnis is a really good, maybe maybe band aid for the season if we want to call it that. But he's he might be too good to call a band aid. Hopefully, he ends up being too good to call a band aid for the season. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I gotta say. Yeah, I think that you guys touched on a lot of good points because if if Nico's hitting and he's that that presence at the bottom of the lineup, you know he almost works as another leadoff hitter if he's getting on base. He's got good speed. He's, he's a guy who has great instincts, great hands. You know, I, I think that while, while I, I do like Jason Kipnis a lot, I, I think that we saw tonight, obviously with Schwarber out and left, that they, they feel pretty confident trotting him out there. So I think the DH spot's going to be much more of a carousel than we, you know, envisioned Kyle being there all the time, especially if, as we saw, Albert Almora just doesn't seem to be an answer, you know, oh. to play in center. So you really can't kick, you know, um, you, you really can't kick him out the left and put Albert Elmore in center. The only option you have at that point is maybe playing um, Kipnis at second, maybe 
you know, Nico at second. So, so, so that, so that ends up being a different lineup that they can move out there. Maybe moving uh, Chris Bryant out to left a little bit more than we think we could, we, we should too. I think that this lineup with a lot of different versatility that it's going to be interesting to see how David Ross works it because so many guys play so many different positions mm-hmm. and so many guys could play that DH spot. And obviously Kipnis went long today. If he's somebody who's going to provide that power, it's just another name that you've added to the DH slot that you can you can slide in there to give guys a blow or just to, to lift the lineup if he's a hot bat. Yeah. So uh, just just to kind of build on that, you know, tonight I thought was obviously there's a lot of bad to be seen. Obviously the Cubs didn't do everything perfect tonight, but my question to you guys was is with this offense just kind of struggling as it has over the last couple of years. Do you think that this is just a makeup of what the Cubs are going to be? for the rest of their, their tenure? Or do you think that this is something that David Ross has some influence on that maybe he can fix? Because that's essentially what he's brought. They've been brought into in a lot of ways is to lift the clubhouse and to provide these guys with the accountability that they're going to need to. And I think hitting is something that we've seen this come and go for years and years and years. And it's starting to become, I don't want to overreact on one game, but like you said earlier, the White Sox really didn't throw out any Mm -hmm. world beaters tonight. So I just wanted to ask you guys, I'll start with you, Nick. Do you think this is something that could run its course like it has the last three years? Or do you think that David Ross has some, has some pull to to maybe fix this issue? I definitely think David Ross has some pull. I think he can fix this. Um, Obviously coming from the championship team, it means a lot to any player. Uh, He's already got a ring. So that's just a good start there. But he is a really good, smart baseball mind. I mean, he was catcher. So managing a game, I think he's going to be okay in that sense. I want to see what he's going to do behind the scenes in the clubhouse. Like, is he going to still have the parties? Are they still going to celebrate like Joe had them celebrate? Or is he going to be more I, – for? I hope he's going to be a little bit more strict, not so mm-hmm. lousy affair like Joe, but – you know, who knows what's going to happen. But I definitely think that he has the potential to change the team, especially if he's able to just pump some emotion in the top guys and then they can carry us. I'd like to see Bryant heat up when Rizzo gets back with, you know, hopefully he gets back soon. I'd like to see him heat up um, and carry. Someone's got to be I, – I was thinking about this today. I think for – Every Major League Baseball team, being the 60-game season, somebody has to carry it. Somebody's got to be the guy that does not get injured, does not have anything wrong, does not have a slump. Like, there is no – we talked about this. There is really no two-week slump on a team or you're in trouble. So, hopefully, uh, David Ross can get some emotion in the guys to help carry the team. Yeah. Cody? Yeah, I mean, okay. First off, Anthony Rizzo didn't even play tonight, and I know, you know – uh, it's just one guy. You got nine guys in that lineup, and you know we've talked extensively about you know one through six at least. At least in my opinion, for sure, one through six they should have the same guys in there every day, uh, outside of like maybe one or two days off, uh, just to you know get them that rest that they might need. But you know, I we've seen this time and time again. The Cubs they could they could go out and hit. Uh, you know, against Chris Sale or, or Justin Verlander or something like that. Like they'll have one random good game against a guy like though, like of that caliber, or like even Max Scherzer. Uh, you remember the game five 
2017 NLDS where Scherzer came in the middle of the game when the Nationals had the lead. And I finally thought Dusty Baker was going to get that team over the hump. <laughs> like I, I had, I had absolutely no. I was, I was at that point when they brought Scherzer in. I was like sad. Like I was like, this team really is going to. The season's really going to end this way. Like we had a 2-0 series lead, and you know, or two-one series lead, and we blew this because yeah. of the weather and whatever else. That other, that's a whole other thing. But anyway, they've shown that they could hit like high-end pitchers like that. But then like. Like I mentioned, Yvonne Nova earlier, he he like just pitched a gym against the Cubs last year for for the White Sox, and then they have like so so many other random like guys who are just like they've been like innings eaters or like low end starters their entire career, and like they can't hit these guys. Like I don't know, I I don't think it has anything to do with the manager or you know, or anything. I just think it's just one of those things that you just can't explain in baseball. Now, did it happen too often last year? Yeah. And probably had to do with accountability and Joe, like messing with the lineups too much, not getting enough of bats for guys like, uh, you know, Ian Happ, for example, I think, you know, we've talked about him needing more at bats in the previous years. Um, you know, guys like, you know, getting, and the, even the opposite, getting rest for Wilson Contreras, um, you know, stuff like there's it goes both ways in, in that in that part. Uh, but in the grand scheme, like just Joe messing with the lineup a lot. So like, like I'm saying, I think, you know, if they have that consistent lineup and they just find a, they guys got to get that that offensive juice going. I mean, yeah, tonight was not good, but, you know, they'll they'll be able I, you get Rizzo in that lineup and uh, you know, get them, get them in that that lineup that they've been talking about, Rizzo or Bryant Rizzo, one two in the lineup, and you know, see what happens. I mean, they had it was what three to two, and then they took all the guys out. I mean, I don't know. I you, yeah, we should have saw better offense tonight. I I'm not from an exhibition game. No, I'm not like worried or scared that the Cubs aren't going to be able to hit. I just because these guys have proven they can hit. I mean, I was freaking out the other day that they that. Fangraphs put Yon Mankata ahead of Chris Bryant on their third baseman positional rankings. Mankata's had one really good year. Chris Bryant's been an elite player for five years. Don't get me started about it. So like I'm not worried about like our like the Cubs lineup or offense really. It's more just like they the it seems like more often than not they're just they can be really streaky and then they'll like like it's kind of like the 2016 playoff run like. In the Dodgers series, like the beginning of it, like the first four games, the damn team couldn't hit, but then they figured it out. Like it's just how this offense has always been, and but unfortunately, the last couple of years, it's like they'll do that, but then they'll score twelve runs in one game and then score two the next, and it doesn't make any sense. I I I really don't understand it outside of accountability. Um, but I. Out of all of that, I do know that our, our our stars and our heavy hitters are going to be there. Like like I said, get Rizzo back in the lineup. Hope, hopefully he can play all 60. Seems like his back's doing better now. Um, you know, I know Contreras had a, a couple hits tonight. Uh, I think out of the elite ones, Javi was like the only one that I that I saw looked really bad tonight. And every, every great player has a bad game. Unfortunately, it was the first technical game that anyone's seen in four months so everyone just <laughs> jumped on him. you know i it is what it is you know i uh 
I think that at the end of the day, it's just, I think it will all even out in terms of the Cubs offense. They're going to show, they're going to be what everyone expects, but they're also going to have those games. I'm just hoping that it's less of those because the Cubs really can't afford that. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe credit the White Sox pitching, even though like they didn't really throw anyone out. I don't know. You know, I'm just spitballing at this point, man. (laughs) I think that, and I don't want to make excuses for tonight. Obviously, you know, they should have played better. But for a team that's a little older, obviously we talked about this in the last podcast, the Cubs are not babies anymore. Right. You know, when you tell them that this is just, hey, go out there and get your reps, I think this is kind of a team that just goes, all right, well, we're just going to play nine and whatever happens, happens. And, you know, obviously Kyle Hendricks takes his starts very seriously and that showed, you know, that's, and I'm not like saying that these guys don't take each at bat, like their last, they do. Obviously you mentioned earlier today that Willie beat one out and, but you know, I, I just think with an older team like that, I, and, and I think the, I think the narrative for tonight was you saw cotton, you saw Rex brothers, you saw Nico Horner out there the whole night. It was David Ross trying to see which guys he needs to keep that are on the fringe and which guys need to go. And I think that Cotton answered that question. Um, I think while we all don't like Rex Brothers maybe to be a huge contributor, I, I think that he does have a lively left left arm and he, he has some attributes that you know maybe if this kid gets hot, hey, in a 60-game season – who knows, you know, but obviously Cotton tonight showed that he was not locating his pitches and kind of a mess. So with that said, I, I think that the narrative for tonight was David Ross saying, we're not going to we're not gonna, we're gonna go out there, we're going to play the game. I'm going to throw some guys in there at times just to see what they're made of. And I'm going to decide my roster for the next couple, you know, next couple games that we see, see them play. So yeah. I, I think that while I, I, I do worry about the offense because we have seen these walls. It's something that in 60 games, you just need a couple guys to get hot to carry you to wins. And the Cubs, like you said, have a lot of guys in that lineup that can carry a lineup for weeks and weeks and weeks while the other guys aren't hitting. I mean, we saw Javi Baez do it in 2018. And obviously Chris Bryant did it plenty of times in 2016. Anthony Risso, while he's been here, has, has done it plenty of times himself. And Wilson Contreras, before he gets hurt in the second half of every year, yeah. is always a guy up there who's towards the top in home runs and uh-huh. is dynamic. So I think that uh, I, I'm not worried yet, one game, but there were some things tonight that kind of bugged me, and I'm sure they bugged a lot of Cubs fans. So my suggestion to all those listeners out there, step away from the wedge, one mm-hmm. game. Let's see how they fare tomorrow against Keuchel, and uh, we'll move on with it. But before we wrap up this podcast – um, there's a lot going on on the Twitter right now, and I actually looked down on my phone, and we have the hottest take, and I don't even know if it's a hot take now that I think about it. <laughs> Who saves more games for the Cubs this year, Rowan Wick or Craig Kimbrell? Cody, go. Uh, I got to take Kimbrell. He's got the history behind him. I know, Like I, I said it earlier, he came in a weird way last year. Every – seems – and he wasn't the only one. I remember, what's his name, who uh, signed with the Cardinals like right before the season started in 2018. Uh, he didn't even make it the full season because he was so bad. Um, he came from Kansas City. He was a former closer for them. Anyway, yeah, yeah. It, basically, <laughs> basically, 
like with how the MLB offseason has gone outside of this past one where people actually made signings like like during the winter meetings and stuff like that. The two previous ones before that, it was like sold like the, the offseason was dull. No one was making was signing with teams until like going into spring training. Well, then Craig, Craig Kimbrell, like no one signed him. And then the Cubs finally were like, all right, our bullpen is absolute like garbage. It's just dumpster fire. We we need we need Craig Kimbrell. He was the only closer out on the market. So they went and got him. And he was coming off a year in 2018 where he like probably pitched the most innings of his career. I can't confirm that. But I mean, he he won the World Series with the Red Sox. He was he, he threw a lot of innings. But he was so gassed at the end of that season that Chris Sale closed the last game against the Dodgers uh, to clinch that World Series for them. And, I mean, they used other guys in uh, in other games to do that, too. So, um, I don't know. I just thought this year he would be, you know, fresh and, like, he knows what teams he's on and and that kind of thing. Like, just, you know, when when you have that contract set in stone and you know where you're going to be, like it, you kind of come into spring training with a different mentality. I know he hasn't looked good during summer camp, but I mean, at least the Cubs offense looked good while he was doing it. I don't know. But uh, I think at the end of the day, the, the Cubs are going to ride with, with Kimbrell no matter what, because he's making like $15 million this season. So uh, you got to get as much out of him as you can. Uh, I like Rowan Wick. I just, I, you got to roll with Kimbrell and and just hope and pray that he rebounds. Nick? Yeah, you got to roll with Kimbrell's history. I mean, it's unbeatable. So I definitely think that 2018 had a big impact on him. He was so gassed, as you described, Cody. And the 2019 season was so weird for him to come back into it. So I am hoping, just like you, that this is fresh for him and he can just hit the reset button and go out there and pitch well. But I, I really do hope that Rowan Wick becomes the setup guy. I think he's got the stuff. I love his fastball, but that curveball is just awesome. Like uh-huh. He just drops it in there. It's beautiful. I like that curveball. So if he's the setup man and Kimbrell's doing well and Rowan Wick's also doing well, I'd say that you feel a little bit better about the bullpen because uh-huh. I, I have trust in Rowan Wick. He's one of the only guys in that bullpen that I actually have a lot of trust in. He did well last year. He actually was put into some – situations that he got out of that saved some games so it's it's a fair question to ask as Mm -hmm. crazy as it sounds because you're saying Kimbrell versus Wick but Kimbrell had a crazy year last year so if you're talking about Kimbrell last year compared to Rowan Wick I mean mean, that's different but also like hurt towards the end of last year too I mean yeah he had all kinds of issues I like I said, coming in this he year, he's, him. he's, he's yeah. just like a refresh, I think. And, yeah. you know, as long as he doesn't suffer any setbacks, like injury-wise, I think he'll be fine. I mean, I mean, he doesn't throw 101 anymore, but he's still throwing upper 90s. And he has, and if, if he's, because his velocity is, dro- is dropping, I mean, as long as he can find a way to utilize his other pitchers that are also very good, you know, I mean, this guy is like one of the greatest closers of this decade. Yeah, this last he is. Like, you, like when you're that good for that long, I'm, I I have to believe that you can be good for 60 games. <laughs> yeah, or, that's you know, a good However point. many games you saved, like 30 of them, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> be awesome if, if he's saving 30 games. But yes. I, <laughs> I, I agree with you guys. I think and I, and the only reason I agree with that is because I think Rowan Wick's going to get the more high leverage situations. I mean, let's face it, in a baseball game, 
the ninth inning is not always the hardest inning you have to get through. And I think that David Ross is going to look at Rowan Wick as as the guy to go through three, four, five, maybe so Kimbrell has to go through seven, eight, nine. You know, that's um, I I just think that he's going to be that guy that's high leverage, get me out of this so I can stay in a ball game. And I think that's going to be way more important than maybe, you know, the end of the game. I think they can piece together a lot of different arms too to close games with so few games, you know, so many games in so few days. I think there's going to be a lot of different guys who we see closing games, unfortunately. You know, it's, but um, yeah, no, I, I think that, I think Kimbrell takes the cake, but it, I think that Rowan Wick's going to get a lot of those big time moments that were, are going to influence the ball game, maybe more or less than the closer does. But no, this was a, uh, go ahead, Cody. I was just going to mention Jeremy Jeffress too. Could be oh, right. could be that guy because yeah, he was he sucked last year, but 2018 he was you know probably his best season as a pro. So hopefully he can like bounce back. I mean like that literally that's all the guys that Cubs brought in were guys that were like looking to rebound from bad seasons. Hopefully uh, he has the stuff. You know, we'll give him a shot. It's whether if you can you can get Wick and him in that seventh eighth inning role to set up for Kimbrel. I mean, we might be thinking completely different about this Cubs bullpen in, in a month or two. I mean, I like I was thinking about it during spring training. This exact type of stuff was just like, you know, this bullpen is either going to be really good or really bad. There is no in between. Like, we're either going to get good or bad. I, I, because the the arms in it, they're just so in question. There's no, there's no one that. I'm like banking on Rowan wick might be the only one you could bank on. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think Kyle Ryan's one of those you can throw in there too. We yeah. always, the, the forgotten yeah. lefty that you I, always know, forget I think about that him. he's, yeah. he's a guy who really we trusted last year. And I think he's going to have another good year. They used him a lot. just like Rowan wick, but mm. um, it'll be interesting, you know, extra time off really when you're looking at it, not that we wanted it, but um, <laughs> this was yeah. a great episode. You know, we're, uh, we're going to near the end of this and uh, just going to close out with some final thoughts. Cody, I'll start with you. Well, we kind of said at the beginning, man, I, you know, we got five, but what? No. Yeah. Four days, four days. Now, if you're listening to this on Monday, that, uh, you know, Comcast marquee, like, you know, they got to get this thing done, man. I, I, the fact that I had to result to listening to the White Sox broadcast tonight because I can't watch the in-market team on television. I couldn't even watch it on ESPN because it's for out-of-market people anyway. Like, anyway, like that—that's all I need to say. Like, it's just, it's it's a it's an embarrassment to the organization in the grand scheme. It's just like you're 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 making you're forcing people to do things that they don't want to do. So. You know, I know that it's been rumored that this was going to get done like right before the season started, but like they should have had this done months ago. And it's just a bad look on the organization. And I'm someone who has backed back the back the Cubs for a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have. Um, but this one is not something that I can. It's just all around bad look. And if they can get it done before before uh, Thursday, then you know, good for them. But overall it's still like they still got a lot to 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 do to bring fans back because even when they do get it done like how how do how do i get is it just going to show up on my cable package or am i going to have to upgrade or or what like it's there's so many different things about that and 
you know, if I have to upgrade my cable package, I'm probably still not going to do that because I don't want to do that. Like I'm already paying a hundred dollars a month for cable and internet. Like if anything, that's, that's more than I even want to, to begin with on top of all the streaming, like Netflix and stuff that I already pay for. So it's just kind of like, it's just, it's just all very annoying, but, uh, yeah, that, that's really all I got is just, you know, get that shit done. I've been freaking preaching it for months, man. I'm tired of it. <laughs> Nick. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel the same way about that. It's been hard and I was going to get away with it cause I had MLB TV and I live in Arizona normally, but now I'm back in Illinois. So that stupid blackout restriction, which we could have a whole podcast <laughs> over. I could do a whole podcast by myself about it. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but I, th- I thought that tonight was nice. I saw some promising things. Uh, it's interesting that our talks about the Cubs season is definitely just one big question mark because, as you said, all the guys they brought in were definitely just question marks. Kipnis mm-hmm. could be great, could be horrible. Mm-hmm. Like That's just what you're going to get out of everyone. That- Same with Souza. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen with them. Mm-hmm. But it's it's at this point... I'm not taking much into these exhibitions, except hopefully Ross is just trying to piece together who he's going to keep around to see, get a second look at. I'm hoping that Nico Horner gets a lot of playing time because I think that he can really develop and be our second baseman long term. Yeah, agree with both of you. I also agree that St. Louis is a trash town, and uh, (laughs) I haven't gotten one DM. So as we state in every episode, forget St. Louis. You have a terrible town. You have a, a terrible society. And like I said in the last one, if all the COVID could end up there, it'd be such a better world. But we're going to break out of this episode. There'll be another one coming at you tomorrow. Ron Luce will be back doing his best Pat Sajak impression. And I know I was a little rough on the edges in the beginning there, but I'll try to lead this out the best I can. Cubs on Tap is presented by On Tap Sports. Go ahead to our website, www.ontapsportsnetwork.com, and go ahead and click through all the articles. Make sure you're reading. If you fancy the Bulls, Bears, Hawks, uh, all the Chicago teams, Chicago Dogs, and then we do some MMA coverage, go ahead, click on it, read an article, head on into the store, and cop yourself some merch. Um, yeah, this was a fun one. So uh, as I say every time we – Ron says every time, hey, 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 go Cubs, and let's have a great game tomorrow. Bouncing back, Cubs versus Dallas Titans.